Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today There ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Today is Tuesday, October the 20th And uh, wow, we are about two weeks away from the election We have a great guest as usual um, The great Jim Hansen Hey Jim, welcome to the show Thanks for coming back uh, You're a stud man what can I tell you? You've, I done, you, you've done it all. Uh, special forces, you name it. Um, we were just having a little conversation off the air uh, about the um, about the madness in the media, right? Uh, they, they, have, they have come out 100% out of the closet. They're not hiding anymore. They're totally biased. They're, they're a train wreck. Uh, and then, you know, the concerning thing is the continued lies, right? Uh, from my perspective, anyways, you see the whole Hunter Biden mess breaking everywhere. Uh, they're not covering it. They tried to censor it. Now they're coming out and saying it's part of some uh, Russian disinformation campaign. DNI Radcliffe came out and said that's not true. And they continue to push that. Uh, Andrea Mitchell over on MSLSD, uh, you know, is is totally avoiding this entire story and going after Rudy. I mean, it's crazy, Jim. I mean, you're, you're the pro here, man. Walk us through. Well, I think they have literally decided that propaganda is the only way to deal with information when you don't trust the consumers of that information. They've decided that the American people keep believing things that they don't want them to believe. Consequently, they're not going to let them see things they don't want them to believe. So it's, it's a combination of censorship and on the other side, their own propaganda. Like you said, they out of whole cloth invented the idea that the, the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation. There is so much, you know, aside from the DNI coming out and saying it's, it's a garbage story to, to call it that. But there's so much proof that this came from Hunter Biden to the computer store in Delaware and that these are his emails and his laptops, that if, if it was any other situation, they would have zero problem claiming that this was ironclad proof. So I, I love the fact that they're putting all their you know, lies and cards on the table. Um, the problem is this is causing you know, a disconnect with people who should be hearing this story and aren't. And that's, that's not just unfortunate, that's election interference. Do you think uh, indictments got out, come out of this? Is somebody going to get arrested? I would imagine. I mean, you look at the, uh, you, look, you look what, uh, what, what the Bureau did with Roger Stone. Uh, they, you know, pretty much sent, you know, everybody except tanks to go pick this guy up. <laughs> uh, you know, is AG Barr going to do something? Is the federal, you know, is the FBI doing anything? You would imagine there's well, substantial proof, right? You're talking about you're reading emails of clear play, uh, you know, uh, pay for play. Right, and and the pay for play is a little tougher thing to prove. 
But what there is absolute ironclad proof of already, you know, going on the assumption that these emails are real, there is proof that Hunter Biden and his partner, Devin Archer, both conducted illegal lobbying activities uh, on the U.S. government on behalf of a foreign client because they failed to register under the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Now, that's a requirement. That's what they went after Manafort and, and in some cases, uh, they, they threatened Flynn with. If you take money from a foreign government or if you take the promise of future favors or the ability to gain future favors, and then you go to the U.S. government and act on behalf of those foreign officials, you have committed a violation unless you register. And they didn't. And that's in the emails. They discuss not registering and they discuss illegal lobbying. So that's, that's proven. And that's a, that's a pretty big thing. You know, I've been in a situation where we got offered money to do that for security studies group, you know, plenty of number of uh, foreign governments offered us money and we turned them down because we were not going to register to lobby on behalf of a foreign government. Well, the Biden company, you know, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer both did that. And then Joe Biden delivered a meeting for them with a Chinese delegation. And that's the, the stuff that came out of the second batch of emails. That's a crime, a pure crime. And there's, there's no need to prove it beyond those emails. So somebody should go down for that. Does the, uh, does the former vice president get implicated in this at all? Implicated, yes. Indicted, no. They're, not, they're just not going to do it. You know, I mean, and in the end, the, the, he's so far gone at this point, he could claim, I don't remember, and it'd be true. <laughs> you, yeah, know? Yeah. you could never prove he actually knew what was going on. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't even partner, know who he is right now. Yeah, that's the problem. Nah. Yeah. He knows he wants butterscotch pudding this afternoon, and that's about as far as he gets into yeah, the deep weeds. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's an absolute mess. But uh, they should have they, – they, they should, you know. I mean – People are asking, why are these guys not in handcuffs? Why is Hunter Biden not detained? Why is, why is Archer not detained? Well, I think it's the same game. None, none of the people deep state in the FBI yeah. wanted to be the ones who were going to indict the son of the Democrat candidate for, for uh, president. And, you know, whether or not that's a pure political support decision or just an attempt to stay out of the firing line, it doesn't matter. In the end, it, it achieved the same effect. Biden probably would not have gotten the nomination if the FBI had acted on this when they got this information. So, you know, I think it's a, a clear case where by inaction, they provided political support to Joe Biden's campaign. And that's that's just a horrible thing. They've done more election interference than every foreign government has attempted to influence our elections over the past 20 years. Yeah, no, it's absolutely insane. Does A.G. Barr get involved at some point? You'd hope so. You know, at this point, I don't think anything's going to happen before the election. Yeah. I, I think they're all going to go, oh, whoa, you know, and okay, at some level, I understand that. And I guess I don't want, if the tables were turned, you know, a two week before the election surprise from, you know, a Democrat A.G. Um, on something that while it's, it's awful, it's not an immediate crime that requires, you know, the federal government to act. We should be hearing about this in the media, you know, in a yeah. decent world, 
this would be covered and the American people could make an informed decision because they were reading about it on the front page of every newspaper and in the headlines. That, that's what pisses you know, of everybody every off. That's what pisses everybody off, Jim, is, you know, that they're hiding this thing from the general public and people that are not consuming politics day in and day out all day long have no idea. They have no idea. People are absolutely clueless to this. And it's, uh, and it's an embarrassment. You know, it's an absolute embarrassment. Oh, no doubt. And, and it's also, again, it's, you know, in-kind contributions by all the media outlets that are doing this by acting as press agents for the Democrat Party. And that's a reckoning we're going to have to have regardless of who wins. You know, at some level, if, if we get a second Trump administration, I want to see the FCC, the FEC, yeah. and the FTC attacking yeah. everybody who committed these crimes. And, and they are election crimes. Yeah. Now, these are crimes of providing value to a political campaign and to hurt another political campaign. That's not journalism. That's not anything else. That at a very direct level, they are trying to influence the election and they need to be held accountable. And that right there between them and the social media companies, yeah. that's a great reason for a second Trump administration, because all of those people, those companies need to feel the pain. Well, you know, the, I, I've been saying this for a long time, Jim, is they need to be registered as a 527. They're a freaking super PAC, right? That's all they really are. They, uh, they, they don't bring any other value. Their ratings are garbage, you know, and, and it's totally slanted. They're fact-checking Republicans. They don't fact-check Democrats. All they do is suppress any kind of story that is negative to their side and push and push and push, like we saw with the with, with the lunacy of the Russian collusion. Every time you would turn on CNN, you had Wolf Blitzer going crazy, you know, and this, and the latest from the Russian collusion investigation, the latest, you know, it, it, it's absolute madness. Um, they have to be accountable there. This cannot continue to go on. I think, you know, the credibility for, for press and media right now is below Congress, right? Um, and yeah, which is hard and, to do. Yeah, which is very hard to do. Um, you know, it, now, it, it's one interesting crazy. thing. One interesting thing: Tulsi Gabbard filed a lawsuit uh, claiming that the censorship um, that was conducted was an in-kind contribution. So she actually went to the the FEC and filed a complaint, uh, as did the GOP. So you know, the question then becomes: How does that cycle through the bureaucracy, and does it ever? Um, hurt these outfits in a way that will cause them to change their ways. Um, I don't know, but you've got to start somewhere. And I think the fact that a, a Democrat filed a lawsuit is a great thing. You know, Tulsi Gabbard is, is a lot of things. I'm, I'm kind of half a fan and half yeah. I think she's a little bit crazy. Yeah. But I like some things when she stands up for what the process is supposed to be. Um, good honor for that. You know, that's yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm with you. Sometimes I'm, I'm a fan and sometimes I'm like, what in the hell is wrong with her? You know, uh, it, it's <laughs> yeah. just it is just so bizarre. Hey, uh, polls. We talked about them a little bit. Um, what do you think? You know, I, I it's funny to watch the, the pollsters and the, the people around there start talking about how people should not be mocking them. You know, and say, we've, we've adjusted our stuff. We have our things wired tight. But then always in every one of these stories, they always put in that one thing. But, you know, really, who knows? 
you know, and they can't have any confidence. Anybody who tells me right now that they know how this is going to turn out is a damn liar or crazy, you know, and you can pick which either one because it's, it's way too, we've never been anywhere like this in my entire life. You know, I got 50 plus years on this planet and I've never seen anything even close to this crazy. So I think people are not telling the pollsters the truth. The pollsters can't get to um, people to talk to them. And we have no idea based on turnout and ballots and mail-in and this and COVID. It's just crazy. You know, I I think sometime before Thanksgiving, you know, we'll, we'll find out who is declared president and we'll see what happens then. Well, you know, uh, curious, curious is, um, uh, business insiders poll came out what I think today. Right. And, you know, they have uh, Biden up by three, which is a lot better than than Trump was at this stage against Hillary Clinton, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people that are that are that are not telling the truth. Um, but I think we might know very. I think we might know early, depending on what the exit polls tell us, right? I think, I think, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong, Jim, but I feel, I see a electoral shift happening in this election. Um, like 2008, when, you know, the Hispanic vote from 44%, you know, to Bush went to 71% to Obama. Uh, I, I think something similar is going to happen. I've been talking to tremendous amount of Hispanics all over the country, all over the place. And people that were big time anti-Trump in 2016 that said, I'm never voting for this guy. He's a racist and voted for Hillary Clinton. Uh, today are all in for Donald Trump. All in for Donald well, Trump. Who, who needs jobs? You know, I mean, who are the people yep. who got hammered the most yep. by the COVID shutdowns and everything? Yep. And there were two camps there. There was the keep them shut down camp. Screw yep. you guys. Yep. You know, us information workers are safe, so we don't care about you. And then there was Trump saying, we need to get everybody back to work. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, you know, the, the Hispanic entrepreneurs, the Latino entrepreneurs yep. who are running small businesses, who have, mm-hmm. you know, turned their, their themselves into machines Uh, they want work and they know that Trump's a lot more likely to do that and not give regulations and other things that stop them. The other fun thing too is, and I think Trump may end up with some amazing numbers in both the Latino and black community. I agree with you. Came out for him. I mean, come on when you got 50 cent and ice cube, both backing you now. I mean, Kanye has been there. You know, it's funny so to look at the fact that there's a lot of black people who are seeing yep. the complete garbage of the Democrat Party. What have you done for me? You know, yep. we've been voting your way for 60 years and all, all we get is another chance to be the downtrodden in the next election. Okay. So I, I, I think those right there are going to really cut into the Democrats. That, that's what I think. You know, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm 100% with you. I think we're going to grab over 40% of the Hispanic vote, probably, you know, anywhere between 12 and 15% of the black vote, which makes it impossible for Democrats to win. Uh, the, the big concern that I have is, you know, if we're down with suburban women, do those two demographics help us surpass that? 
or is the suburban women vote too large that uh, it makes it unsurmountable, even moving black into Hispanics? Yeah, and again, I, you know, my gut feeling and my wish and my want is that this is done election night because yeah. of the fact that enough people stayed home, yeah. you know, to, to cut into the Democrats' you know, supposed game. But yeah. uh, I, I would love nothing more than to you know, see the, not just the exit polls, but you know, they'll know how many mail-in ballots they've got. They'll know what the margin is to potentially still be counted. And most of our vote election day. You know, so if you've got that going on, there's a chance we may find out and get good news you know, election night or the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. What about the uh, what about this dragging out to to, to the courts, man? Uh, it, it's sure going to be good to have Amy Barrett sitting on the Supreme Court, right? Yeah. You know, that's uh, right now. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to be negative about it, but I voted for Trump 100 percent issue. And it was the Supreme Court in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we had two Hillary Clinton, you know, Sotomayor oh. clones. Oh, on the God. bench right now, um, I'd probably be loading magazines, you know, and running up the black flag and talking about a revolution. Right. But right. Absolutely. You know, I mean, they, they would have been shutting down free speech. They'd be confiscating weapons. You know, there's, there's a whole array of things that I was legitimately, and I think most Americans, enough Americans were scared of. But now we not only got, we dodged two bullets there and the third now with Amy Coney Barrett going on. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly believe that secures the Republic in a lot of ways for a generation. They'll do what they can, but they yeah. can't edit the Constitution with just a bottle of whiteout now. And that's what they well, were going to they, so, they, they could back the court if they take the Senate, right? So we got to hold the Senate no matter what. Yeah, they, if they pack the court, we may have a problem, right? I know that's legal, um, but it's unacceptable, you know, right. and I'm, I'm not sure what the remedy is if they decide to do that, yeah. because at some point you can't just, you know, oh, well, we'll add more next time. Right. You know, we have to decide at some point we will not allow politicians to make this country commit suicide. Right. You know, and I, I'm not sure what the answer is to that, but uh, I, I don't want to find out. Yeah, and I think you're right, man. I think, you know, the Supreme Court should be on the ballot. I think it is on the ballot one more time because you know that, you know, if, if Trump wins, we're going to have to, you know, he, he's going to replace uh, Clarice Thomas, right? Uh, and and yeah. Breyer. And Breyer's already said, you know, he's telegraphed that he's probably going to retire soon, right? So right. if if, uh, if Trump wins, we get a 7-2 court. He, he has saved this country for, I agree, at least a generation with a 7-2 court, right? Yeah, and, and, and that matters. And I think to your point about will it matter in the short term about elections, um, I, like I said, I would love to have this resolve itself the way we always do by simple uh, other than 2000. But <laughs> I would be much more comfortable with the, you know, the shenanigans the Democrats have and now that we know the Supreme Court is not a Democrat stronghold. Yeah. You know, at a minimum, we've at a minimum, we'll have a five, four advantage because I don't count on Roberts much. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's good enough. That's all you need. And I, I think uh, I think it's going to get ugly when the ballot counting starts. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big problem, especially because, uh, well, they, he, they, they just Roberts uh, actually 
uh, sided with the liberal judges, right, on the on, on a four four decision about the about the uh, length of how how long or how far were the uh, mail in ballots allowed to to uh, count, right? And yeah. and uh, yeah. you know I don't know what's going on with Roberts, man. Uh, I, I you know I remember there, there was a lot of expectations and and a lot of uh, a lot of belief that this guy was a true conservative and and what a letdown he's been. So. Yeah, I agree. We need to replace at least two more seats, you know, to uh, to make this thing, you know, safe and sound in the Supreme Court. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I wish I wish he was leading. He's he's more of a politician than a judge at this point, and that's not his job. You got one job, dude: read the words, look at the law, and make the call. And he's you know testing the wind you know, finger in the air, which way the political wind's blowing, is this going to cause trouble for the country and making those decisions? And sorry, dude, we don't pay you for that. Exactly. That's not his job. He, he just needs to interpret the law, not uh, not, yep. not how people are going to react to his decision. It's, it's absolutely insane. I've never seen something like that. You know, hey, you know, one of that's, you know, another question, Jim. Um, you know, when, when, when you start looking at you know, everything that's happening, everything that's going on, you know, around the country, you know, the, 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 it's extremely divided. And, and the division, you know, isn't something that Trump created, right? Uh, as much as the left wants to sit there and, and, and say, you know, Trump has created this divisiveness, he's created this polar, polarization of the country, we need to stop the hate. It's all them doing it, right? <clears throat> Do you see you know, anything happening with this Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you know, terrorist organization, right? Because that's what they are. Um, no doubt. How does that end? Because they can't end well. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I would say Donald Trump is, is partly to blame for the blow up we had now. And not because he did anything wrong, but because he caused the left to rip their masks off and show their true colors. Because they've been doing this you know, slide towards socialism yeah. um, for, you know, since the 60s, you know, since the, the whole welfare state and yeah. all of that stuff was, was all of that. But they were doing it in a slow, calculated, smart way. And Trump made them so angry. First of all, and Obama is the other guy who bears oh, responsibility. Of course. He empowered, you know, yeah. he empowered groups like Black Lives Matter. He said, all of your grievances are legitimate and, you know, people should listen to you. And then Trump made them so angry that they said, screw you guys, we're ripping the masks off. Yeah, we want socialism. Yeah, we're going to burn the country down. And, we, you know, we're going to tear it down and build a, a better socialist version. So they, they are now so empowered and they've been so successful, you know, in using violence and the threat of violence and the mob mentality against our society that people are afraid to stand up to. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a fair question. You know, what, what will happen? I think if Trump gets reelected, we'll have riots and much more violence. And it's but, probably, but, but we would have to put them down. Wouldn't we? Do you think the president is going to allow, the president can't allow this to continue and to burn out of control in liberal cities or anywhere you know, again, right? I mean, they, they, I would imagine we would have to put those groups down, right? 
<laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. I am I'm currently writing my second book about avoiding the next civil war. Yeah, and so it literally is discussing what we need to do to stop Antifa and the related elements, and then the blowback from the right from groups that just aren't going to put up with that, you know, and what we don't want is we don't want the crazies on the left and the crazies on our side. You know, there are people who are too far out on our own team. We don't want them fighting in the streets. Right. Now, how do you stop that? Well, yeah, (laughs) one way to stop it is just pure law and order. You can just flat ass arrest people and and throw them in. And that needs to happen. And then we need to deal with the fact that political violence is not an acceptable way to make your grievances known. Uh, they got told that this time around, and we need to tell them in no uncertain terms, if you do that, we will infiltrate your groups with the FBI, we will arrest your leaders, and we'll throw you in federal prison. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's very concerning, and you, and, you, and you touched exactly the point, right, where I wanted to go is they're crazies on both sides, and the crazies on our side, <clears throat> I hate to say this, they're not going to put up with it, you know, uh, if it continues, right? And it gets out of hand. And like you said, the last thing we want is to have, you know, two groups of crazies fighting in the street. I mean, that would be just pure chaos, right? If we could get them to take it out in the desert and we could film it for pay-per-view, that's what I was going to say. Throw in bullets and pop popcorn. You know, let you guys, you want to fight it out, we'll watch it. You know, let the drones film it. And then you guys kill each other and we'd all be better off. Yeah. That's not how it works. Unfortunately. So we got to, and the, the thing that has to happen is we have to reassert law and order. And it's just such a common sense, simple thing to say, but we also didn't do it. You know, these Democrat run cities decided that rather than enforce law and order and, you know, take the possibility of having another incident where someone gets arrested and it goes wrong, they would rather let the cities burn. And you can't do that. That's an abdication of your responsibility for your, you know, keeping your citizens safe. And there need to be consequences for that. And there are some. You know, the attorney general um, announced that several cities have been identified as, as anarchist cities, being New York, Portland, and Seattle, yeah. and that they were looking at pulling federal law enforcement funds if they were not going to use their law enforcement to enforce the law. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of leverage we can use. Um, we need a Trump presidency because a Biden presidency would be just turning the keys to the cities over to BLM. And that's insanity. Well, and here's a curious thing, right, is, okay, so Trump wins. They're going to go crazy. They're going to go out there and they're going to try and burn the entire country down. But if uh, Trump loses, why would they stop? Just it. And here's the best thing. You know, if, if we have to face that situation... I call it the circular firing squad on the left because you can't keep all of their factions happy. Right. And so their crazies are crazier even than, you know, their actual ruling class. So if you got Biden and Kamala Harris in there, that's one thing. But the second they don't go as far as the mob wants them to go, the mob's going right back out in the street. Exactly. You know, I mean, the mob doesn't care about Joe Biden. They do not care about the Democrat Party. They want a revolution, and those guys, you know, they, they're the ones who think Bernie Sanders is too far to the right. You yeah, know, yeah. Bernie's an arch conservative, so they will go right and turn on their leaders there in an artificial heartbeat. 
And that would be a wonderful situation, not for the people whose business is going to get destroyed and all that, but just to once and for all show that you can't, you know, coddle and pander these people into submission because they don't have reasonable demands. Their demands are insane. They're crazy. And the only way to deal with them is to shut them down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I I just don't think these people uh, are sane. I think they need psychiatrists. They need less politics. And, um, and you know, it, it's, it's nothing but trouble. It's nothing but trouble that's going to happen. I, I, I totally feel like they're going to cheat. They're cheating right now. The problems with the ballots all over the country. Uh, they're way, way too calm, not campaigning, not doing anything. They either believe that they are so far ahead or they have figured out how to cheat this uh, th- this election to the point where it's going to be flawless and they're guaranteed to, 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 to victory. So I'm a little concerned, but at the same time, very inspired with all the uh, all the energy and enthusiasm on our side. You know, like you said, I think it's up for grabs. Let's hope uh, let's hope our enthusiasm can trump. You know, they're cheating. That's all I can say. I'm 100 with you on that. Everybody vote, and uh, we'll make sure they get counted right. Absolutely. Hey, Jim, it's always a pleasure to have you, brother. Uh, you know, uh, what's what's next for you? You said something about a book. Yeah, I am uh, probably about a third done with a book looking at the crazies on the left and the crazies on the right and the violence that's already happened, um, what you know, what the grievances are that have caused this, what the lack of law and order has does to facilitate it, and then how we go forward and hopefully, you know, come up with some ideas, uh, regardless of who's in charge, of how to, you know, make sure that we don't end up with armed factions in the streets trying to kill each other. Awesome, I'm man. not sure that's a great idea. Yes, yeah, that's right. Hey, man, I appreciate you as always. Where can people find you on? Uh, I know you're big on Twitter, right? Yep, at Jim Hanson DC on Twitter is the best place to look for me. I appreciate it, Jim. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Jim Hanson. Hey, Jim, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you guys tomorrow on more Battleground. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.